Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 492, and today we'll be talking about Knight's Pockets from Summer Camp Island. I'm GC13. And I'm David. Ooh, Jim Jams was an... It's so nice to let Jim Jams kind of stretch his legs out, so to speak, uh, with an episode like this. <laughs> and they get as long as uh, they ever could, because did anyone see it coming? Jim Jams is a god. What was a god? I suppose so. I suppose his powers are stripped. It's weird that he is physically pajamas. He's not a god trapped in pajamas, I guess. He just is pajamas now, made out of lint. However, god souls work in Summer Camp Island. (laughs) I guess his soul has been transferred. Yeah, that's wild. Have we met a god? Hmm. I don't know, but... I mean, I guess I guess the Miracle Rabbit was not just paranoid for uh, running away to the moon. Like, time was out to get him. It's it's pretty aligned with how I think we'd perceive time <laughs> to work. It's a cruel, cruel thing. It's one of those, uh, the, the further out you stretch the elastic band, the harsher it snaps back kind of situation. Yeah, well, and Jim Jam's elastic certainly worn out. Worn down over the years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank goodness Ramona was there for him. I'm, how long was he going from pawn shop to pawn shop? He must have been doing this. Uh, if everyone was playing badminton and stuff, he must have been the god of sleep until quite recently. I, I think so, if if it's been pawn shops that he's been in. I'm surprised that no one noticed he was a talking pair of pajamas, though. I mean, he, he has a face. <laughs> I don't know if they appear three-dimensional in the eyes of the two-dimensional Summer Camp Island universe, but I'd have to think that would stand out. I mean, he has eyebrows. <laughs> maybe maybe they just thought he was a novelty pair of pajamas and they just weren't into it. <laughs> I, I guess so. Ramona saw the potential where no one else did. That's also really cute that Ramona you know, obviously gifted these at some point to Susie. We haven't seen that either. No, we did. She gift she uh gave them to Susie when she went to go be in frozen time to fulfill uh, the prophecy. That's right. That was kind of the Jim Jam's backstory up until this point. Is just that they were a gift. So that's kind of crazy that it had a second wave. <laughs> yeah, and I, I liked that at the time we just all thought Jim Jams was making it up, but he said, I wasn't always a pair of pajamas, you know. Ah, uh, the foreshadowing. Yeah, it must have been sometime in the late 1800s, maybe, that uh, that he got on Time's Bad Side, because it looks like Ramona had already aged. This wasn't child Ramona who uh, who bought him. Looks like she went back into the ordinary world at one point to uh, pick up some PJs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think it means that uh, I'm like, he messed with how people slept. It is uh, honestly kind of even hard to understand what exactly he meant, but it looks like he introduced intermittent sleep into the world? Like, <laughs> time wants nighttime to be for sleeping. You don't nap during the day. You don't hang out with friends during the night. Time would hate the night shift. I don't know that, that yeah, waking up and connecting with your neighbor is something that has a real world analog. It's kind of funny. And then I. Th- well, actually, you say that it doesn't have a real world narrative. I cannot watch this episode and not think about the. I can't remember the what it's called, but like there's a hypothesis based on some documentary evidence that 
Like during the Middle Ages, for instance, the prevailing form of sleep was biphasic. You would go to sleep, wake up for a while at night, and then go back to sleep again. Wow. And there is some documentary evidence to imply this, but people don't tend to keep exact logs of this is just how things are, you know, things that everyone would take for granted. So we can really only kind of read between the lines. So it made me think of the biphasic sleep hypothesis. That is fascinating if it goes that deep. I I was trying to figure out, yeah, with the timing of the pawn shops, and then with this weird imagery where he's, you know, saying he's excited about the things that happen in the daytime, and he's looking at, well, not unicycles, but, you know, large-wheeled bikes and uh, bread baskets and top hats and cheese. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why these are the exciting activities of the day. I don't know if they're what's influenced by the changes to sleep. Uh, is this the introduction of of eight, 18th century culture? <laughs> it's very weird. Who can say? Who can say? Also, another cartoon that I should be calling out really is My Little Pony. What with the uh, the initial jealousy that caused Princess Luna to turn into Nightmare Moon, wanting a People to enjoy the nighttime too. Something Jim Jams could probably relate to. You know, it's more him wanting to enjoy the day less than him wanting people to enjoy the night, but it's the same <laughs> spirit of rebellion. I mean, Jim Jams is hardly even rebellious. Like, I guess he knew that there were rules, but I don't know. I think of the lackadaisical attitude that from uh, Fiona and Cake, Adventure Time Fiona and Cake, that the gods have there toward their bosses and rules, right? Like, Prismo is just, you know, creating rogue universes if if he feels like it, but I feel like he knows the consequences. I Jim Jams, I don't know, do you think he knew? He seemed so pleased with himself. Yeah, th- th- this, this looks like something where he was blindsided by how mad time got at him, whereas Prismo knows, oh, I have to hide this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, comparatively, Jim Jams, at least in the backstory beautiful um oh this isn't even watercolor it's like yeah like colored pencil colored pencil yeah he just kind of looks his expression the whole time is oh huh wow uh knight's pockets are being emptied huh wow what's happening you know not not any kind of look of fear or i don't know knowing well if only he had known that he was going to be turned into a purple he definitely meant to say purple there pair of pajamas Maybe he would have towed the line a little better. Okay, I did not understand the wordplay there. Like, lowly. <laughs> this is this is just him realizing he accidentally insulted Pajamas and does not want to. Ah. So, Pajamas is just like, hey, Jim Jams, what's that word mean? He's like, oh, um, I it definitely means purple. I was not saying that you're not a good thing to be. It's Dude. definitely purple. Yeah, poor, uh, poor Pajamas gets dissed twice then in this episode because the second time, you know, Oscar's telling him how excited he is that he and Hedgehog are the best friends who will save magic. And Pajamas <laughs> seems quite remiss that he, he's not the one. So, yeah. Oh, well. Very sad. Very sad. But spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I, I the pajamas. I feel like should maybe. Um, it, it's unfortunate that there's only two of them in the whole universe. <laughs> they show like they're not a magical species. I really feel like pajamas could benefit from. I don't know more company than just Oscar and 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 Jim Jams. But such is life. 
No, I think Jim Jams is a good mentor. Um, Oscar, maybe not the not the greatest, but you know, he's a good friend. <laughs> I mean, he keeps him in a drawer most of the day. <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's where Jim Pajamas goes there to take a nap. It's fine. Yeah, it's what he wants. Oh, but I liked Hedgehog is giving out all the instructions to everybody. I liked how Max usually wears his cap backwards, so he flips the cap forwards to me and it's serious business time. A nice, uh, nice reversal on the old, uh, old cliche. Yeah, and it's great that his scene of investigation, you know, he looks so serious with the other uh, vampires, but they're just watching the most inane they're literally watching a movie on rewind yeah the most inane scenes of a movie people walking people uh doing nothing <laughs> walking and driving they, they almost whatever they were looking for they almost found it it just didn't quite pan out yeah um it's unfortunate that no one really had anything productive to do to help Susie, other than maybe researching you know defossilization um what the hell was going on in the graveyard? I don't, I don't understand why a cloud was interviewing a gravestone. They were... The instructions that Hedgehog gave was seeing if uh, the any kind of rain can reverse fossilization. Ah. Or interact with a fossil rocker. Something okay. along those lines. They were trying to trying to have some impact there. Okay, that that is the defossilization. That, I guess I was thrown off by the fact that <laughs> Cloud was holding up a microphone, I guess... <laughs> they're measuring that's, that's a measurement i don't know how it how it pertains but they are measuring something <laughs> i liked that uh pajamas just does not understand the concept of making grave offerings and jim chances is like oh to be young again <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean but he has such a scientific view of the world he, he blames magnetism that's cool Rock on, rock on. I, I think Oscar might need to <laughs> explain rock, death. strange rocks are magnetic. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we could bring in the collector, uh, seeing how as he has only so recently learned what death is. Well, the, the, the Owl House references, it's been too long already. I can't believe that. We probably talked about that finale a year ago now. It's been a bit. Well, talked about the finale, but then talked about the season two finale. <laughs> because that's how we do things. Uh, it's been almost a year, about ten months almost. Nine or ten months. It, it's been long enough that it should have had a baby already. And yet, where's my sequel series? Where's my prequel? Yeah, why Why do we not have anything announced? Like, they have an adventurer and an airship. They sh- we should be exploring this world. And punching the trappers in the nose. <laughs> That's okay, I'll take a Summer Camp Island spinoff too. Would be nice. Uh, we We get a glimpse of Susie here. At the end. Mm-hmm. Yes, with her beautiful paintings. She seems to have a a theme that she likes to go for. She's going through her island phase. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of islands. I kind of like all the art that we see in her room. I would I would gladly have one of Susie's summer camp island paintings displayed somewhere in my living room or office. But man, they, they she grew old in this world. I mean, good God. <laughs> this is scary. Well, when you're time skipping ahead years at a time. Uh, yeah, I guess there's jumps built in. I, it looks like her parents are probably finally deceased. <laughs> yep, they had, their, they had their paintings up there. Yeah. Also, Mildred is still serving her tea in this <laughs> edition, right? Like, she's painting. 
even Mildred's concerned, though. Like, gonna paint something else sometime? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've read that as another one of the metaphysical reserve. You know, just like how she was like, hey, don't think about that thing you were thinking about. Uh, mm-hmm. Just live in the moment. I think this is another message. Don't worry about this island that you want to go back to. Live here. You've got a good <laughs> life. Right. It looks like uh, her ability to pull Susie away from it, though, has been declining over the years. <laughs> or at least by the time she's gotten to all these paintings. She didn't phrase it into an adorably sinister song. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It's interesting that all these uh, renditions of the island have the diamond floating over it, too. Kind of reinforcing yep. the importance right here at the end. Yep. The salvation of magic has been her overriding goal for a long time now. That's not something one easily forgets. Especially when one is facing their mortality and realizing all the things that they never had a chance to do. Maybe not intentional, but still. Like, grow some insanely sick palm tree in this, you know, frozen greenhouse. (laughs) I I love the winter setting. The unnecessary Christmas caroling. And the very necessary repetition of the song that uh, they're singing outside. I wonder, is this the metaphysical reserve? It it obviously doesn't want to sing this. I, I think this is... It's just like how when you're uh, in a dream in a cartoon, you know, the real world sounds will intrude in in ways such as this. Yeah, I, I think maybe this reality is based around Susie's <laughs> mind in some way or another. We We will see later on that the metaphysical reserve is directly attached to the dream world. So I, I think it's just dream bedrock. Right. I guess that means, too, that it could explain away the fact that, like, maybe Jesus exists in this universe. (laughs) Based on the topic of the song, the Christmas song, it just sounds a lot like the Christmas story. And, uh, you know, we've talked about before, I think, did World War II happen in this universe? Like, there's multiple historical events that seem to have happened, and it's concerning. (laughs) I don't know. Now you're just making me want to see, um, like, adorable, adorable animal GIs. Like, uh, just characters of the Summer Camp Island style dressed up, like, as airmen and as uh, oh, soldiers <laughs> and uh, stuff like that. I want to see a bunch of them in sailor outfits lining the deck of an aircraft carrier. Oh, no. <laughs> It'd be nice. Not the word I would use. <laughs> Well, I mean, Doug's probably never been. <laughs> any uh, any other ideas? No, honestly, this one was kind of simple, despite giving us <laughs> a, a god backstory. I, I did appreciate the most boring task that Jim Jams came up with to <laughs> to try to bring time, and I'm honestly surprised that didn't work. Going over his imaginary friends? Uh, well, fishing. <laughs> I, I just connected with that on a deep level because as a child when I was taken fishing, I, I distinctly remember wanting, like, the whole trip being around that there were um cheese crackers. Like, there was a snack brought onto the boat and it was about waiting for a couple hours and then you could ask to have the snack. So, no snacks on this. I can't believe time didn't come by. But, uh, yeah, we have to mention Pajamas Imaginary Friends as well. <laughs> I I love that there was a pizza cave, which immediately makes me want to know, is Pajamas hosting any cheese raves? 
as a Steven Universe fan, I have to know. Okay, what what on earth does it mean that Jim Jam's list of imaginary friends are all caves? I don't know, but I noticed that you're wanting to call pajamas Jim Jams too. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Oh my god, yeah, it it keeps flip-flopping, doesn't it? Pajamas? What are you doing? How are... How... What? <laughs> what is they this? They all list? look identical. Identical. We need a wiki. Caves that have names like... I, I have to look at the subtitles again. Yeah, Pizza Cave. Metal Cave. Pizza Zero. <laughs> Like, it does sound like the insane babblings of a four-year-old. I'll give them credit for that. Someone who's played, like, way too much uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, like, with their Metal Sonic and <laughs> other Japanese things, Wing Zero. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Pajama's definitely a Sony gamer. Uh, not, a, <laughs> not an Xbox gamer. Sony fandom confirmed. Yeah, okay. Anyway, guys, that's it for us on Night's Pockets. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. 